This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas in educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. Usually on Fresh Ed, you hear me talk to established academics about their work. Today, we air the third episode of Flux, a Fresh Ed series where graduate students turn their research interests into narrative-based podcasts. This episode is by Mari Casalato, a recent graduate of Teachers College, Columbia University. Mari takes us on a journey through time, revealing the potential of youth participation in environmental education in Brazil and beyond. You might be thinking, Brazil? Where the Amazon was on fire just last year, and the current Bolsonaro government has been routinely criticized for doing too little to prepare for the climate crisis. But back in the 1990s and early 2000s, Brazil spearheaded this idea of environmental education, which brought together a diversity of voices through national conferences and was seen as a political act. Mari was personally involved in this history. I hope you enjoy the show. Among these squeaky voices on this time-worn tape, you can hear my voice. I was 10 years old at the time, and it was the mid-90s. Back then, I used to do radio programs. You can call me Mari, but in Brazil, I'm known as Kazé. As part of Projeto Calabouca Já Morreu, no More Silence might be a loose translation in English. Me and another 20 kids around my age did a live two-hour radio show every Sunday in a community radio station in Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's where I'm from. It was far from a talent show. It was an education program led by Gracia and Donizete, two teachers who were very, I want to say, inquieto. That's the word in Portuguese, but I've never found the English translation to this. So let's say that they were very intentional and committed to what they wanted to achieve with education, what kind of society they wanted to achieve. Their knowledge and reflections around thinkers committed to social change, like Paulo Freire, the well-known Brazilian educator you might have heard of, and Mario Kaplum, an Argentinian-Uruguayan communicator, paired with some serendipity, led them to start a weekly radio program created and led entirely by 7- to 12-year-old children, including myself. At that age, I was quite a bookworm. I loved to study, so I ended up taking additional essay lessons outside of my regular school classes with Gracia. In one of my classes, she played to me a radio drama produced by the recently created group of kids. How not to be instantly captivated by that? I joined the group the following week. We did everything. Every part of the process was determined by us. We had the freedom to discuss whatever topics we wanted based on our own curiosity and talk about those things in a way that made sense to us. Acorda! 
I remember that researching and studying were much more engaging, fun and effective when I had to do it for the programs rather than for school. Space and literature were my favorite topics. At a certain point, I became known as Professora Maluquinha, or the Nutty Teacher, after a character from a children's book we liked that personified how much I enjoyed explaining things during the show. We interviewed politicians, writers, biologists. We cooked in the studio and shared recipes. We talked to listeners over the phone. Alô? Alô? We started also participating in events on public policies, understanding and sharing our opinions about public health, the right to education, to communication, environment. And by doing communication and exploring in our own way how to understand life, ourselves, the things and facts around us with autonomy, we grew up to be pretty participative kids. Here we're talking about ecology, about a wolf native to Brazil, Lobo Guará, the maned wolf in English. One of the boys in the group explains that the name of the wolf comes from indigenous origins. It had to do with the sound of the wolf's howl. After he says that, I impersonate the wolf. So I played around with what I thought its roar barking would sound like. Every time someone said Guará, I would yelp. This was pretty funny at the time. So, this is me. And why am I telling you all of this? This educational experience that started with was very influential in my life. It made me understand my political role in society even as a kid, how my opinions and that of other kids were relevant. I believe kids and youth are important political actors that are usually silenced. Cala boca já morreu is a children's saying in Portuguese that means I won't shut up in response to what they usually hear. What kids want and how they feel about things is not usually considered. Think about when you went to school. Did your teachers listen to you and your friends on how to improve the school and the classes? Or even in your family, were you consulted about important decisions or even told about them? Now imagine on the level of policy making. Kids are experiencing and being affected by everything that happens around them, but they usually don't contribute to decision-making processes. The school, the family, the city loses by not having their perspectives, and the kids also lose by not learning how to participate in society from a very young age. We, the young people of the world and the delegates of this international conference, invite you to share the responsibility to take care of the planet. The year is 2010. Over 300 young people from 12 to 15 years old from all over the world got together in Brazil in the first international conference, Let's Take Care of the Planet. This charter, created by the gathering of 53 countries, represents the responsibilities and actions coming from different nations with diverse cultures, languages, and societies. 
If we want to protect ourselves from environmental changes, we need to take on these actions and responsibilities ourselves. This international conference was the culmination of a longer process led by the Brazilian government. A national policy experiment based on a social environmental perspective that comprehends nature and society as intertwined. The idea that we will only have environmental balance when we have socioeconomic balance, which includes understanding that children and youth are valuable members of our society with the potential to effectively contribute to political discussions. This was part of a process of environmental political participation for children and youth on a national level. That's the story I'm here to tell you, a story much bigger than me. I want to tell you about a national program in Brazil that over 15 years invited millions of kids from all over the country to raise their voices and learn about the importance of doing so. To learn, discuss and give their opinions about environmental issues to the leadership of their schools, cities, states and even to the leader of their country in an initiative so successful that it grew to an international level, influencing other countries to act similarly. All organized in a systematic governmental program. A Conferência Nacional Infanto Juvenil pelo Meio Ambiente. Or the National Children and Youth Conference on the Environment. To tell this story, first I need to tell you about this country. The amazing land of Pindorama. Currently known as Brazil. Here's what you need to know before we start. Brazil is part of the American continent. We are American too. Also known as Abiyala by its original population who inhabited the majority of a territory that was discovered in 1500 by a Portuguese navigator. The Portuguese claimed the land as theirs and ruled over it for over 300 years. That's why we speak Portuguese, not Spanish. White elites profited from indigenous genocide and from African people's enslavement for heavy labor. When slavery was over, Is it really over? more Europeans were brought here to work and to white in the country. That's why you might know Brazil for its diversity. But don't be mistaken, we are a pretty racist country, built on racist values. Agricultural production has been the base of the Brazilian economy since colonial times. We were big on cane and coffee. Nowadays, it's meat and soy. Big agribusiness companies tend to exploit the soil, drain water resources, and use pesticides indiscriminately. However, there is a tradition of indigenous, formerly enslaved populations and small farmers and extractivist communities who tend to produce respecting nature and preserving it, although constantly facing threats. So along with the story of dispossession and white elite's domination, there is a story of struggle. Popular education, community communication, democratic resistance and anti-racist movements fight for land ownership. All of that has created the context for the development of the environmental movement in Brazil. In a social-environmental perspective connecting deforestation, food security, racism, endangerment of traditional cultures, ownership of land, economic power. Because of that, it is also political. To be able to write your own story, you must be part of decision-making processes. So social participation has been strong in Brazil for the past decades. 
governed by the mottos youth teaches youth, youth chooses youth, and one generation learns from the other, the first National Children and Youth Conference on the Environment happened in 2003. It was a product of the grassroots environmental movement in Brazil that had just gained ground on the presidential level. And this environmental movement in Brazil was a product of Brazil's unique history. Para começar, então, vou te pedir para falar seu nome completo, que você faz hoje, e a sua função no contexto das conferências infanto. Marcos Sorrentino, professor senior. Marcos Sorrentino is a senior professor at the University of São Paulo, who was a director of environmental education in the Ministry of Environment from 2003 to 2008. He talked to me about the origins of the environmental movement in Brazil and its connection to the struggle for democracy during the dictatorship in the country that went from 1964 to 1985. If in the beginning the struggle was to protect the trees and animals in the area, soon the collective action made them realize that there was a political and economic system behind that degradation. In all of Latin America, the environmental movement is deeply connected to the struggles for democracy and human rights, as well as the struggle of grassroots traditional groups, like those fighting for the right to land and to maintain their traditional ways, connected to nature. Years later, that aspect of grassroots civil society-led environmental action was embedded in the government. In 2003, the Workers' Party was elected for presidency with Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, also known as Presidente Lula. And in that context, the National Environmental Education Policy, first conceived in 1993, was finally implemented, and now with civil society participation as a vital part of the process. Então, assim, há uma diversidade muito grande em todo o planeta de educação ambiental de base, comprometida com educação popular. Marcos also points out that in other countries, there are interesting initiatives of grassroots environmental education with a commitment to popular education. But in the case of Brazil, that gained a national scope. A document elaborated by civil society was the foundation of the national environmental education policy. National conferences were part of the philosophy of the government. Distinguished delegates have said that this is an historical moment. However, it will only be so if the Rio conference also marks a new beginning. In 1992, Brazil hosted the United Nations Conference on Environment and Development, the Rio de Janeiro Summit. It was a pretty big moment in the discussion of education and environment. While the official discussions of the event went down the newly created road of sustainable development, there was a parallel civil society organized group that was reaffirming their commitment to the term environmental education, reinstating the strong connections of environmental problems to social structures as the result of the still current model of development. This group created the Treaty on Environmental Education for Sustainable Societies and Global Responsibility. That is the document that has shaped Brazilian environmental education policies. For them, Development can never be sustainable. Instead, the document supports the advancement of, quote, collective understanding of the systemic nature of the crisis that threatens the world's future. The root causes of these problems, such as increasing poverty, environmental deterioration, and communal violence, can be found in the dominant socioeconomic system, 
This system is based on overproduction and overconsumption for some, and underconsumption and inadequate conditions to produce for the great majority. Environmental education is not neutral, but ideological. It is a political act. End of quote. That is my favorite bit. It is a political act. Which brings us to an important concept I should elucidate before we move on. Conference. An event, sometimes lasting a few days, at which there is a group of talks on a particular subject, or a meeting in which especially business matters are discussed formally. I imagine you must be familiar with this definition, and it does apply to Brazil. But in Brazil, we also have national public policies conferences. Something I came to realize is not common in other places. Então, eu sou Clóvis Henrique e eu sou professor hoje... Clóvis Henrique is currently a professor at the Federal Institute of Education, Science and Technology of the Brazilian state of Goiás. Conferência é um processo de participação que envolve Estado e sociedade... Então, He explains that a national public policy conference in Brazil is an event organized by the state based on its current agenda within a specific field that aims to be a participatory process about that topic, including society in discussing, deliberating and making decisions. A national conference is a process of both direct and representative participation that happens in a staggered format. The first phase happens in the local level, in the neighborhoods or local organizations working within the field of the conference. That is followed by a municipal and later a state event before the national event. Throughout the gatherings, people discuss their perspectives and elect the main issues and representatives, also called delegates, who go to the next level. This way, millions of people participate all throughout the process and at the same time, you have just a small number of people participating on the final national event. Você amplia a mobilização das pessoas sobre a política pública que está sendo executada Clovis points out that as a result of the conference process, you can see an increased ownership of regular people of their local political decisions, and also a qualification of policymakers and the policies they create. It's a civic education process. The first national environmental conference was held in 2003. Marina Silva was the minister for the environment at the time a woman born and raised in the Amazon, daughter of rubber extractives, and a very important actor in the grassroots environmental struggles with the traditional peoples of the forest. Under her term, spaces for different people to participate in decision-making around environmental issues multiplied. Oi, Raquel, você me ouve? Oi, Mari! Nossa, que incrível! Agora conta! <laughs> This is Raquel Trasberg. She was the coordinator of the Environmental Education Department at the Ministry of Education at that time. And Marina Silva, uh, she invited me to go to the Ministry of Education of the Environment in President Lula's government. She invited me to work with the National Conference for the Environment in the first month that I was building this conference And she said, I was uh, with my daughter <laughs> in the weekend, and she told me, why don't you have a children's conference? And I just asked her, how do you think this should happen? And she said, oh, I think that it should happen at schools. And that's how the first National Children and Youth Conference on the Environment came into being. Eu sou, eu sou, 
It was a process that brought children, youth and the school environment to experience environmental education as empowering, as a political act. Kids had space to effectively contribute to discussions locally and nationally. Schools were able to connect with environmental education from a political perspective, going beyond recycling to understand, for example, the international treaties Brazil had committed to. At the same time, it was an opportunity for organized civil society environmental groups to understand how to work with schools, two worlds that usually have quite different perspectives and ways of working. João Lobo was a young delegate in the 4th National Conference, representing his state, Minas Gerais. When I was 13 years old at school, they say that there was a conference calling young people to develop projects with solutions for Brazil. I was like, whoa, that's fantastic. I talked to my science teacher and we developed an air quality monitoring project since there are a lot of mining companies in my city. Today, it's the city with one of the highest levels of atmospheric pollution. The rate of respiratory diseases is extremely high and the consequences are many. So the idea was to create a way to measure the level of pollution based on international standards. After being elected at the school conference, delegates would bring their projects to regional and state conferences to discuss their ideas and deliberate, selecting their representatives that would move on to the national event. Most of the students had never left their city before, let alone by themselves. It was the first time I spoke to an audience, over 500 people, I think. It was shocking. I remember I was very nervous, and at the same time, it was so nice to get to know Minas Gerais. It was the first time I really saw the size of the state I grew up in, different accents and cultures within the same state. It was the first time I had the contact with the indigenous people from Minas Gerais. It was a very nice experience. The national event would gather from 300 to 700 students in the capital for a week of discussions and practice. Lectures with ministers and specialists, workshops on permaculture, solar energy, gardening, radio, state and regional level discussions on local problems. All those serious moments accompanied by cultural activities. Oh boy! Oh my! It was a strong feeling! I remember feeling dazzled and completely captivated by Brazil at the moment. Look at this country. There are so many countries in one. Within my own state, so many expressions. It's magnificent. I was amazed by the cultural differences. I remember joining a circle dance of Bumba Meu Boi. It was the first time I had a contact with that. I learned it was a tradition from another state with a lot of meaning and importance. It was very beautiful. Indigenous quilombolas, rural settlers and homeless children were included as a special category. Here's how Raquel, the coordinator of environmental education at the time, remembers the diversity in these conferences. Yes, in the second or third national conference, we had this uh, landless movement together with us, MST, MST. They met with leaderships of the movement. And then uh, one of them asked them, why do you invade lands? And the girl answered, we don't invade lands. It were lands that were not used. 
and we could make them much more productive. We share everything so they could see the others as full of their own cultures and uh, really human beings and children like them. And this moves me uh, very much. Even telling you, I feel moved. All of these activities with hundreds of kids were facilitated not by adults, but by a team of young facilitators, also coming from all states. Often, kids who participated as delegates in one year would come back as youth facilitators in the next. Beginning in 2005, I was one of those young facilitators. Yes, I was there. Isis and Mariana were also young workshop facilitators in different editions of the conference. Together, we all trained the other youth facilitators to work with the delegates, producing video, photography, photo stories, and radio. Here's Isis. Each delegate who left their homes to participate did not return the same. That is also true for the young people involved and for the state organization committees. And now, Mariana. We were invited to work as facilitators, we were heard in these spaces, and even though I was only 19, I felt like an adult because I was treated like an adult. The Ministry of the Environment gave us training and paid this group of young people to work at this conference because that was a way of mobilizing and politicizing us. That was a very precise way of implementing the values behind that initiative. It was an experience that broadened our perspectives. The fact that you have the chance to meet people from all over the country brings a very significant possibility of empathy in relation to different contexts. I feel that a large part of what we live today is because people are not aware of the whole. Young people could speak up and be heard. When we did the training in the municipalities in Sao Paulo, we would have the students facilitate the workshop for teachers. The product itself was not so relevant, but the richness was in the political position. The youth speaking their opinions, being heard and respected. Mariana also talked about how strategic this youth participation was. When the government forced the participation of youth in the organization committees, the state government had to put up with us because it was the rule. There was nothing they could do about it. And it was a very strategic element. There was a lot of intentionality there. A letter, like the one we heard in the beginning, would be produced as a result of the conference, containing some of the responsibilities that students were committing to as a plea to others, to adults, to also commit to change. That would be delivered to the government. We would be marching to meet the president. We felt like congresspeople, like we were making politics. It felt like a huge responsibility to be a representative of our state. There were five national conferences like this from 2003 to 2018. In between the events, the process continued. Youth and teacher training, funding for local action, a national youth and environment network was created, and it was very active. In 2010, the national experience in Brazil was taken to other countries, who were invited to organize similar processes. 
This led to the composition of 53 national delegations that joined the first international conference Let's Take Care of the Planet in Brazil. The symbiotic process between the government and the conferences, between conferences and schools, between schools and students, teachers and students, youth activists and students, created what Rachel called a virtuous circle. I agree with her. My voice, like other voices, have arisen from that process. As I said, João was a delegate and then a youth facilitator. His air quality monitoring project influenced a political regulation in his city. He went on and participated in international environmental events representing Brazil, and nowadays he's studying to be a lawyer committed to environmental causes. Clovis that you heard before, the professor who discussed conferences with us. He was a youth movement representative invited to join the process when Raquel was given the task to organize an event focused on students. And he became a methodology coordinator of the conference further on. As for Mariana and Isis, I've known them forever. We did work together as facilitators on the conferences, but we were actually there as part of the team of Projeto Calaboca Já Morreu. Remember me as the howling wolf at the beginning? They were there too. In 2003, we were already giving workshops on radio production, and we were invited to bring that collective experience to the conferences. We were interested in promoting a space where a different kind of relationship among people could take place. What we call convivência in Portuguese. I think the word used in English is conviviality. That was our goal because we identified that, usually, our relationships are built around values that feed competitiveness, individuality, values that nurture what I think is behind environmental problems. Aiming for more solidarity, sincerity, and co-responsible relations with space for us to share and talk about our opinions and feelings, that's also environmental education. And it was valued by the government as an important part of the process. Our approach was not neutral. It was a political act. Getting to know all of that diversity, all of those people and richness of cultures was something unique and very special that has remained with me. It has shaped me into who I am, into someone who understands that I am part of a bigger context, and at the same time, that I have a political role, not any more special than any other person, but that my voice, like everyone else's voice, is important and should be heard, should be part of the debate. I have to admit, for a few years now, things have been grimmer and grimmer, and I've been growing more and more pessimistic. I keep thinking, is environmental education, educating kids to be better citizens, even worthwhile if the whole context around these kids is reproducing and reinforcing the values that caused the problems in the first place? Take Brazil, for example. I'm not sure if you follow Brazilian politics, but after a coup d'etat, we've elected a far-right-wing president who flirts with fascism and a dictatorship. He's openly against human rights, freedom of press, traditional populations, environmental preservation. This government has literally erased the story I just shared with you. During the production of this episode, the website of the Ministry for the Environment was updated, and everything that was there before is gone. I was lucky enough to download most of the things I needed before that happened, but even so... My childhood friends, Isis and Mariana, 
were the first people I interviewed for this episode. When I shared my doubts about the message behind all this, Mari said something that really resonated with me and with Isis, who you hear in the end. I feel like beyond talking about the conference, which is great, it's to talk about something that helps us remind ourselves of who we are, you know? Because I got the feeling, at least for me, when we elected Bolsonaro, what the hell? Just turn off the lights and walk away. But we're not that. There was a situation and a context that brought us here. And remembering the process of the conference is to remember who we are too. I feel like using that story to remember that we're not just that ugly thing that we turned into now. That's a good point for Yeni, huh? I set off to tell this story because I thought more people needed to know about this very successful environmental education policy implemented at a national level with this powerful element of social participation and critical environmental education among kids and youth. This policy was enacted once, which means it could potentially be enacted again. The world could learn from the tales of the South, told by our own voices. However, the more I interviewed people, the more I realized I also needed to tell the story to myself and to those around me, so we could remember so we could look into the past and renew our hopes and inspiration. And remember that, beyond doubt, it is possible and it is necessary. Today's episode was created, written, produced, and edited by Mari Casalato. Johanna Fay was the executive producer, and Brett Lashua and Will Brem were the producers. Flux theme music was composed by Joseph Monadia of Pattern-Based Music. Full credits for today's episode can be found in the show notes at freshheadpodcast.com. Freshhead Flux is made possible by the support of the Open Society Foundations, NORAG, the UCL Institute of Education, and listeners like you, please consider donating to Freshhead by visiting freshheadpodcast.com slash donate. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll be back next week. Yeah.